Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, and my purpose is to encourage people to live positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me and the radio show at uh, the website, journeytosuccessradio.com. My guest today is uh, interesting in that how I came across. I was in a hotel in Buffalo uh, eating lunch, and uh, I was looking at uh, this guest thinking, that guy looks sharp, like he should, I bet he's read Think and Grow Rich. And surely I go talk to him and, yep, he's read Think and Grow Rich, his amazing business career as well. And so we arranged to do this uh, uh, interview. His name is Nick Preston, and I met him in marketing. He's a mar- in Buffalo, I mean. He's a marketing strategist known for developing business models and amplifying revenues. Ooh, amplifying revenues. I like the sound of that. He has exceptional sales and presentation skills along with high performance levels of contract negotiation. During his COO, Chief Operating Officer position with an international company called Safety Box, his advancement of the company's business model increased revenues a staggering 2,500, 2,500% over just 18 months. His entrepreneurial work began in the summer of 2014. He developed his first company called Buzzster, B-U-Z-Z-S-T-I-R. It's a cause-based marketing and lifestyle company specializing in creating social movement campaigns that benefit people, animals, and the planet. Uh, While developing his company, he was finishing up his BBA in international business and graduated in just 26 months with a perfect 4.0, also being named the speaker and valedictorian of his class. Uh, He has been a 10-year student and mentor of the Universal Laws, Enjoys writing, public speaking, vegan cooking, and supporting animal rights. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you so much, Tom, and a wonderful introduction. Pleasure uh, to be here. Way more to you than just looking sharp and reading Think and Grow Rich. Uh, I'm impressed with the vegan cooking. My wife and I are moving more and more and are more and more towards that. Universal laws, we know that uh, uh, what Napoleon Hill wrote about, except for the Mastermind Alliance, are universal laws. He, he didn't invent them. And so I love that, of course, and uh, animal rights. I got two uh, uh, dogs, my wife and I, and uh, we love our dogs. And so, so many Yeah, good they're great companions. You're right, and so many great of, things uh, you're doing on so many answer. fronts. So very interesting. Now, uh, what, the most important Napoleon Hill principle is definiteness of purpose, finding your path for this life. And it's not easy. Sometimes people in their 40s, 50s, sometimes they never discover their purpose. 
uh, how did you find your path? Where did you start? And uh, talk about your story and making it stick. Absolutely. Well, it's probably the, the greatest accomplishment I think anybody can find in life. Um, truly, it defines your purpose for, for being. You know, we're all here to fulfill a destiny of some sort. Um, and finding that path, I've found contrast was the biggest uh, deciding factor for me. Uh, I had to go through many paths that I did not like, um, a lot of adversity. And that shows you exactly how you don't want to live your life. And, you know, I did a lot of consulting and things in my, in my 20s and worked with some pretty good companies. And, you know, despite how much money you can make from doing things, and most people, they, you know, they do the traditional thing, go to college, go to nine to five, and there's something within you that says, hey, you know, I meant for more than this. Um, I remember selling cars. I was 20 years old, and that's part of my, my story is I was 20 years old and working nine to nine every day, you know, five, six days a week, and I didn't really understand what being an entrepreneur was. I didn't really have this vocabulary yet or this business acumen. I didn't have any college experience back then. But there was just something within me that said, I have so many ideas. I have so many things I want to produce and give to the world. Uh, marketing was always a, a huge passion of mine. And so I was sitting in my cube, and uh, I just took a lunch break. And I told my manager, I said, you know, I'm going to go you know, take a break. And I never came back. And I called him. <laughs> I ended up at Barnes & Noble. I stumbled upon The Secret back then, 2006. I read the whole book in a day. And it was a combination of knowing there was something, this this burning passion deep within me saying, there's an answer out there. There's something in this universe that is calling me, and I've got to find it. There's something I've got to do. And I read the book, and it just lit a spark within me. And I just, in that moment, wanted to trust this, this internal knowledge that was forthcoming. And I said, my path is not here, you know, selling cars or some nine-to-five. It's, it's over here. And it was a brand-new path for me, a brand-new page. And as I said, I never went back, but an interesting thing happened. I ended up using that spark of knowledge. I read a whole other book on uh, writing business proposals back then, which, again, I had no zero, you know, zero comprehension of before. <laughs> so this is not like I had all, these, you know, all this knowledge beforehand. This was right. brand-new knowledge to me. And I just, I just followed my gut. I followed this path. And I read the whole book again. I put together a 20-page presentation for the owner of the car dealership who I you know, had uh, quit on twice already. And at this point, I said, at least I can possibly use this as an advantage. We talked about that adversity into advantage. And, and I called him up and I said, you know, Mr. So-and-so, I said, I have a proposal for you. And he said, okay, you know, come on in next week. And I did. I put a whole presentation together, and he asked me what my price was to execute this plan of action <laughs> that I put together for his company. And, of course, I'm 20 years old. I have no understanding of how much this is worth. And I think I hit him somewhere along the lines of, you know, 100 grand or something crazy. But <laughs> at the end of the day, he couldn't, he couldn't pay me, even when I tried to haggle him down a bit. And so I said, okay, I would spent a week of my life on a brand-new page, a brand-new path, and even though I didn't get that deal, you know, that didn't go exactly how I wanted, right. it opened up the world for me. And that's the change that I made at 20 years old. I'm going to be 30 uh, coming in June. So this is a decade of, in that moment, what happened 10 years ago to totally shift my thinking and my course of action. And so going through all of these different trials and tribulations throughout my 20s that I did, and as I said, kind of working with some companies and still feeling like, you know, this is good money. Things can happen here. But, again, something is still brewing. So all these years go by, 
And, you know, I know I'm in the right direction, but there's a, it's kind of like a crystal clear path that unfolds when you keep on going in that direction. And sometimes, again, you've got to circle, you know, the wagons. You've got to get hit with adversity. You've got to get hit with things that shake you off your path. But at the end of the day, you've got to go back to that core. And I always remember that moment, that feeling of what works and what doesn't, what feels good to me and what doesn't, what's going to make me successful for myself, not success defined by other people. Right. And I've used that principle to carry me through my 20s and through so much adversity that I've gone through. Um, and so that was another shift that I made two years ago when I said I was doing, I was consulting different type of work for companies. And I said, there's something else brewing. And that's when Buster got born. It's a cause-based company. It's got everything in the world that I love, all of my animal rights campaigns and, and you know, passions and visions to change the world. And I just, I'm going to start doing this, you know, one step at a time. So this shift can happen in you at any given time, but more than likely it's going to be based on a lot of contrast, a lot of discord, and a lot of adversity. So just know that you can use that as a stepping stone to find that path, and then you know you you stick to it because you know there's no question anymore. So it's a definite purpose, a definite plan, and that's what carries you forward. Right, right. And uh, so before we go further, uh, the website is www.buzzster.com. Dot com so b u z z s t i r dot com buster dot com sounds like an amazing company and so you're talking about definite purpose a few things hit me there uh, one you got to keep pressing on and two when you get hit hard and you know what the purpose is there is no going back you can try and do job like things but if it calls for you to be an entrepreneur you will not ever feel right and uh, and then also uh, when you know your definite purpose and you're passionate and love it 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 allows you to focus a huge percentage of your thoughts on your purpose and away from all, you know, there are a lot of things I'm interested in, but I don't spend any time doing or thinking or reading about because I have a purpose. So politics and weather and traffic and the usual things people talk about are of little interest to me because I, I have to not focus on those so I can focus on my purpose. Have you found those uh, three things to be true? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. I mean, I think for for anybody, it also goes back to how do you spend your spare time. You know, it's right. part of the Pauline Hills principle. You know, what are you doing in that extra eight hours? Are you playing games? Are you, you know, spending too much time on Facebook? Most people these days are, especially by age group. Um, and if you can finagle several of those hours out of the, you know, the melt, uh, the you know, kind of relaxing time and be productive with those hours, you know, number one, you're, you're creating more brain activity, right? So the momentum is always going longer the more you're activating and stimulating, um, you know, those neurons in your mind. Right. That are, they're getting awakened. The more you feed the stuff you want to do, the more it wants to feed you back. You know, it wants to give back to you. Like, hey, I'm awake today, so let's, you know, but if, if, you, if you starve the passion, right, you don't feed it then the passion starts fading, or so we think it fades, but we get into this place of kind of, um, you know, you, you people talk about losing momentum, losing motivation, losing that feeling they had, that spark, right? So what do you do to get yourself sparked every day? Well, you just keep feeding the passion, you know. So read articles on your business, not on, as you said, the weather or politics, right? Do things that are relatable to your passion and to your purpose, and that's going to keep that momentum going and going and going. And again, you don't feel like you're working; you're just doing right. you're doing what you love every day, and that's right. the joy and beauty of 
of right. you know building something you love. Right, and that's what I caught you doing. You're in a hotel in the in the uh, uh, restaurant there, and you're sitting there working diligently at your computer. And uh, I could tell it wasn't uh, social media. You were focused and controlled attention and paying attention and uh, typing away. And it's like, man, look sharp. He's busy on something that's not social media or just wandering around. And so, yeah, most people sitting in a restaurant, they're going to read the newspaper. They're going to just look around and let their mind wander to whatever it goes to. But here was you sitting there uh, dressed well and definitely visibly with a purpose for uh, the work you were doing on your laptop. And, you know, that's the same with me. Like, I try to, I love it so much that it doesn't seem like work. So when I'm away from it, it's like, oh, how can I get back to yeah, it's almost like you're missing a part of yourself, right? Because you're right. It's like you don't want to take the you don't want to take a vacation because you always feel like you're on a vacation of some sort. You're always right. you're always right. happy, you know. I'll so miss my friends. I'll miss work. all those good things, and so yeah. yeah. And lucky for not lucky, blessed that you found it in when you're 20, your purpose. Because so many people, even I, I didn't find mine till I was like 44. And uh, even the one I came up with was wrong, but someone helped me reevaluate what I came up with. And I came up with uh, what I really tell audiences. I feel if God were sitting on the other side of my desk, which would be pretty cool, that hit my life purpose that I've written out, definite purpose, would be the one that he would hand to me. When you know that and you're not doing it, you kind of feel bad when you're created for something to do and you're doing something. Absolutely. Like without uh, any purpose so amazing now adversity uh that's my topic that's my favorite of the principles overcoming adversity and defeat and as you mentioned the title of our book uh, my book with two other napoleon hill instructors adversity to advantage uh but mostly overcoming adversity is the mental part of it we all have 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day and it's what those thoughts are telling you about your adversity that will come out of your mouth and your actions and how you feel about the adversity. So what is that men- mentality and that you need, and how do you maintain it while go- over going through those adversities? Yeah, well, I mean, I said in my lifetime, I mean, I've, I've dealt with, I think, a, a very good amount of this in my 20s, uh, probably more than most people in their life are going to deal with. And the number one thing is, you know, you don't sit here and ask for pity. You don't ask people to feel bad for you, and you certainly don't feel bad for yourself. Um, it, it's a very strong mentality you have to have. You know, I've made, you know, people call them mistakes. I tend to look at them as uh, no mistakes, only lessons, something uh, a therapist of mine has always instilled in me. And I think it's a great philosophy because, you know, everything in life is a lesson. It is a giant classroom, and we are all here to learn. Nobody comes out of the womb and understands every single thing you're going to do. You don't have all the answers. You know, there's no blueprint to say this is the right way, this is the wrong way. If you do this, you're going to, you know, fall. If you do this, you're going to succeed. There's, there's principles and guidelines, but, you know, we're all different. We all have different upbringings. We all have uh, different ways of handling stress and anxieties. And there's so many things that, that make up our mind. And the mind can be the most beautiful, imaginative thing, or it can be the most self-destructive, dangerous thing. That's how powerful the mind is. And so not being hard on yourself in a sense of saying, you know, I'm a terrible person. I made these mistakes. How could I have done that? I'm so stupid. You know, when you start 
putting yourself down, you start believing that, right? And then you, you lose that ability to move forward. You totally paralyze yourself. So, you know, I got into a situation in my 20s where my, my, one of these uh, finance deals I was working with, I had people scam me out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm open about this at this part of my life. It's very important that, number one, you be very honest and authentic in your life. Don't apologize for things that happen to you. Instead, understand they happen for you. And it's a very big difference between someone that's going to walk around and thinking, all these bad things happen to me, woe is me, versus, you know what, this was a, it was a very hard situation to go through, but I'm going to trust and believe it happened for me. And when I went through this four-year battle, you know, legal battle, financial battle, federal battle, these are ugly things to go through. And the reason I'm so honest about it in my life now is because if that hadn't happened to me in 2012, four years ago now, I wouldn't be where I am now. My path was a little bit twisted back then. You know, you said you, you, sometimes you go off path. You, know, you think this is a good thing. You feel good about it then. And you know what? Things happen. And you're like, this is not the right path for me. But again, if the adversity doesn't happen, there's no way to course correct, right? You're just going to go down and down and down the wrong path. If you don't use that, that twist in the road to propel you forward, you're just going to sit there in the wrong direction your whole life. And so I've always had the mentality of things are happening for me. And when my whole life felt like it shattered four years ago, I lost everything, lost all my money, lost the business I thought I had, you know, I'm being accused of all these things, everything. Um, You have to take that time and say, I know there's another direction for me. I know this happened for me, and I know I'm going to come out of this bigger and better and stronger and wiser than I've ever been in my entire life, and I know this is a good thing, and I'm going to keep pushing forward, and I'm going to let the road open up again because it always opens up. If you know the road's going to open up and you believe that, it will. It always does. The universe has to fill in space, and it's your mental choice if you're going to attract negative space or positive space. So it's a matter of perspective. you got to look at life you got to take those things that happen and move forward and trust that better things are there for you. And that's the mentality I've had, and that's how I've gotten through everything I've gone through. And anybody can do it. I'm no different than the next guy or girl that's gone through what is the worst situation to them. You can always get out of it if you have the right mentality. Right. And uh, amazing, that's one of the four questions at the end of Adversity to Advantage or Points to Ponder is, Think of it as what's happening for me instead of what's happening to me. When it's to me, it could be you could be mad at God for making it happen to you. You could be mad at other people. But when it's for me, it really reframes your thinking. How could this possibly Absolutely. for me? And so, so important. And then talk about, you had mentioned about authenticity and, you know, be your true self and uh, I think one of the greatest testimonials I got was from Brad Brinkman, and he wrote that Tom has no ego. And uh, sometimes, you know, you see people on stage, authors, those kind of things, you think, oh, man, those guys are so great, and you get a lot of attention. But, you know, I'm, I tell people, just follow me around for 30 days. <laughs> You'll see I'm just <laughs> like an ordinary person. And so uh, when you can be authentic about your losses, how you were dumb, how you got ripped off, how you took a wrong path, 
it actually gives more hope and inspiration to people than all the positive talk you could do because they're Absolutely. like, oh, my goodness, okay, like this guy was a loser until this point or whatever they'll think. And they're like, but I can do mm-hmm. that. If he can do it, so can I. He's no brighter than I can. So when you are authentic with those numerous challenges and adversities and uh, times you get off the path, it will really encourage people that, okay, I'm 50-something or 60-something, but still I can make that choice and get back on the right path. Good to be that and, and good not to let it go to your head and good to share as much of that as you do about the positive things so people know that, hey, this guy isn't bragging. He's telling us about these stupid things he did. And so, you know, people like that authenticity. And, well, and the other thing on that note too, Tom, is you want to be the one to tell your story. Because you only right. know the truth. You don't want, you know, some news reporter, someone Googling you, finding things out, and then they have their own preconceived notion. You know, the Internet is full of whatever people want to say and think. It's right. all opinionated. So if you're not willing to step up to the plate, and trust me, it's taken me until pretty much now in my life to be this person to step up to the plate because you do want to run and hide from it. You want, you know, you want to bury it under a rug and hope nobody ever finds it. But it's just not – to me, it's counterproductive because not only are you hiding from your truth, you're, you're sitting there saying, hey, uh, you know, I'm not going to acknowledge that this happened for me, right? You're going back to being a victim. You're going back to that mentality of, you know, let's pretend this didn't happen. But when you, again, you change your perspective and you're able to look at things differently and you say, hey, this happened for me. And I know, like you mentioned, there's, there's thousands, millions of people out there that have a story. Everyone's got a story of heartbreak or hurt or defeat or being, you know, in the wrong place, they think, at the wrong time. And so if you can get out there and own your story, tell your story the way it really happened, you're going to inspire people. You're going to motivate them. They're not going to feel like a victim. You're going to change people's minds and attitudes towards their life and towards their story. And so if I can change one person's life through my authentic story – and that's worth it for me to get up here and say, hey, this is the path I went through, but this is how I got out of it, and you can too. So right. that's the other key to it, is only right. that story. Amazing. Now, universal laws, we talked about that in uh, in your introduction there. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, Napoleon Hill didn't invent any of the principles, except the Mastermind Alliance, which really was the invention of Andrew Carnegie. But all oh, the rest of them are universal laws and so many of the old writers back in then uh, those times in the 1920s and 30s wrote about these universal laws but people get them confused they don't really know what they are and i believe like napoleon hill our our thoughts and our energy and our smile and our demeanor is magnetized it's an energetic field so people can read Maybe not your exact thoughts, but they can be in tune with you because your energy is positive and theirs is positive. So what works and what doesn't with these universal laws? And what is that energy feel that we carry with us that brings the right people or the like-minded type people into our lives? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's something, again, I've spent 10 years on, you know, researching and studying and applying. And like any craft, you have to master the craft. And it certainly takes a good decade, if not longer. And it's a constant learning process. And so I've, you know, as I'm sure you have as well, Tom, you know, you read dozens of books, if not hundreds, right. um, on several teachers and, and mentors and people that have applied the principles. And one of the things I, well, I said I started in 2006, 10 years ago, I read The Secret. And you have a lot of people that, 
like to jump on the bandwagon of these things. You know, they become trendy. They're social media topics. And I guess, you know, again, I was 20 years old too, so you have to take into consideration at what time in your life are you coming into this knowledge, right, the principles. Um, you know, as a younger person, your mind is not developed uh, as you are an adult, I think, at 30 years old. Now, I'm a completely different person, um, the experiences you go through. So it's a matter of how you take this knowledge in. And just to, in the contrast of 10 years ago, taking the knowledge in, and I'll tell you what doesn't work, is taking it in in a matter of thinking you're invincible, thinking that it's only you, that there is not a God or a higher power that is giving you the gifts you have to execute. Right. When you get to a place of it's all me and I'm, I'm the one that's doing all this, um, it's, it's very paralyzing. In fact, it's a little bit dangerous. Right. So, and I've seen that happen, and I think there was even some major lawsuits between the people that produced the secret DVD because they all got into this place of super ego and, you know, kind of became a pissing contest between these people because they're applying these laws and they're really only focused on the money. That's right. all it really came down to. They're saying, well, I'm going to apply this and become a multimillionaire. Um, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to start this, you know, this dream business or whatever. And at the end of the day, it was all about image and ego and who made more money. And that's right. not life. It's not about giving that's... the money. What are they going to do with the money? Who are they going to give right. it to? What difference are they going to make in the world? Positive exactly. to people who are under-resourced. Not one single word about any yeah, of that. And I don't mind uh, supporting someone if he says flat out, like I, if someone said, like, I give away 90% of my income and keep 10, I'd be like, okay, here's some of my money. Go do that. (laughs) Right? But they don't say that. It's all about how you can earn more, which makes them earn more. And please, the universal laws, I think if I were God and I saw people like that, I wouldn't necessarily give them their law of intention or their thoughts because uh, I prefer someone who flat out says, uh, I want that money so I can support a world vision village or so I can start, you know, a foster home or I can help animal rights or planet, whatever. Then I want to get behind that person other than the one who's just telling me flat out all he wants is more money. Right. Yeah, and that becomes part of the whole, you know, that's the learning process. It's the cohesive plan that you find within yourself and you start executing that plan. And that's part of what I said led me to create Buster was finding that inner peace. And when I started that company, I still applying these principles, but now so many years later, eight years later, of saying, you know, again, in my 20s, the contrast really was that. It was how much money can I make doing this, applying this. But fast forward and I say, I feel like I have a different purpose now. And so the first year in development of the company, uh, my business partner and I, you know, we put everything into it, blood, sweat, tears, equity, you name it. You know, you work, you, you do the work to execute your plan and vision. Right. We, didn't make any, we didn't make any money the first year. We had some uh, fantastic local sponsors that helped us out um, to give people some idea of the dollar amount of a first year in business. Um, you know, these are real numbers here. I mean, I think maybe 25000 came in, but 25000 went out. You're building right. a business. You're building a brand. Um, this is not like, you know, you're applying these principles and you're a millionaire tomorrow. I mean, and again, I have to be honest with myself. There were many times in the last 10 years of my life that I stumbled into that improper thought that now I can look back in reflection and say that was not the way to think about things. But when right. I went through the physical process of, doing the grueling work, which, again, we love. Don't get me wrong. It's a business we were proud of and we are proud of, and we were excited to do the work. 
But, you know, it's not like money is falling from the sky because all of a sudden I have this great idea. Right. That's just not, right. you know, that's not reality. Um, but the, the laws and the principles, why I say it's kind of a double-edged sword, because people can get carried away with focused on the money. And one of my keys of advice would be, it, you know, again, being honest and authentic with yourself means knowing your weaknesses, right? Everyone's got these, you know, things that they know, hey, if I take two steps to the left over here, I may fall back into that old pattern, right? And you've got to be very honest with yourself and cautious, and one of the great things that I attracted was my business partner. And, you know, he's, he's around my age, both around 30. And he's totally opposite of me, Tom. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, we are literally, you couldn't ask two more opposite people. And it makes a great business partner because he's extremely rounded, extremely good with money. And throughout my 20s, I've been the absolute opposite. So it hasn't been until the last couple of years that I've worked on these weaknesses within myself and tried and turned them around. And you got to surround yourself with people that are doing the things you're aspiring to do, not people that are doing the things you don't want to do anymore. It's no different than an alcoholic going to a bar. Why would you put yourself in that environment, right? So I didn't want to be in an environment where I'm hanging out with people that are talking, you know, in the high in the sky and don't have any sense of grounding. So I have a wonderful business partner who, again, is opposite of me, and we work well. I've got a huge vision, grandiose, but he keeps it grounded. And so we do the work, we execute the plans, and we build on what we did last year. And that's just part of growth. That's part of building a business. That's part of, you know, you can still apply the laws, but you have to understand that, again, you're not the only one in control. Nobody is successful on their own. You have to have teamwork, cooperation. Um, you know, the mastermind group, you know, as you mentioned, is a huge component to the mental uh, stability and tapping into higher intelligence. So all these things can work very harmoniously together. Right. But you got to start with your feet on the ground. you got to start with where you are. And for so many people, and I'm a, certainly a perfect example, having to restart financially um, can be a grueling process, especially when you get older. Nobody wants to admit they're 30 and broke and don't have a car, and don't have their own home. Nobody wants to admit that to others, right? And we live in this kind of day and age where social media has made it very easy to put a facade out there. Right? Right. And it's just like, you know, you're putting photos up there of restaurants and food and high-end clothes. And number one, you probably don't even own any of it. It's probably all on a credit card somewhere, or you, you, you stupidly mismanaged your money, and that's what you chose to do. And again, I'm pointing at myself in this perspective, but I know I'm not the only one that dealt with that, and it becomes a sort of image issue. And so again, being honest and saying, hey, whoa, I have to change course here, because in 10 years from now, I don't want to be doing the same thing. I don't want to be where I am right now. I want to be over there. So you identify these kind of clutches and these things in, in the environment and in social media that you don't want to have you sucked into. You want to get on a different path. And that's the whole point of starting over at any point in life. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your situation is. You start with where you are. If you have to go buy a $1,000 car in cash because it's all you can do, you do it. But applying the laws still works. But again, start with where you are. You can't be sitting here planning to be a billionaire and not be able to pay your own rent. It doesn't work that way. You have to start with where you are and plan for the future and work those plans and believe in yourself and execute, and you'll get there. 
but don't have some unrealistic expectation that you're going to read a book on how to make millions of dollars and it's going to be in your bank account next week. It doesn't work that way, right? So right. that's my, my lesson in what works and what doesn't. Right. Now let's talk about money because people might get the idea we're uh, anti-money, but uh, hey, not the case. I believe, my belief is God put me in a first world country, an amazing country. I think it's the best country in the world, Canada. And uh, he gave me certain skills, talents, and abilities and experiences and he wants me to earn as much as I can with the great blessing I've been given so that I can help other people. I can donate to every cause that breaks my heart and every person who's doing good in the world. And I believe if God knows that and you do it when the amounts are small, that God will make the amounts bigger because he knows it's not for a second Ferrari. It's for a uh, you know, a foster home or a hospice or whatever your your causes or animal rights, uh, all of those good things. And so, uh, but at the same time, some of the most successful people I interviewed, really quite shocking. They grew up uh, with their parents and their family talking about being wealthy. As those people are crooks, they must have ripped some person off. They're probably doing horrible things. Like just that thought that rich people or evil or greedy or all the negative adjectives you can think and and they said I had to get over that before I could actually start making more money because even if I started to make more money my brain and my family would be telling me like you are you must be doing something crooked and so let's talk about earn as much as you can and uh Wealthy people are not all crooks and evil. There's, most of them are amazing people doing good things with their money. I certainly believe that, Tom. I mean, that's uh, you know one of the things I, I had to learn again throughout all these experiences and laws and, and the things that you're trying to apply. Um, I Again, your environment you grew up in, you mentioned so many wealthy people. Um, I think it's Jack Canfield, again, he was one of the people in the secret DVD. He had mentioned, you know, he had a great story. His parents, you know, basically told him money, like you said, is the root of all evil, grew up with an alcoholic father, things of that nature. Um, I grew up in a pretty volatile environment, nothing violent, but as far as money, it was always a constant stressor. And it's something that I think, again, going through my 20s the way I did, you look at what are those triggers and how has money impacted you throughout your whole life? You know, what have you been conditioned to believe about money, right? And you, when you're conditioned in an environment that money is a stressor, money causes arguments, money causes fighting, money may make your parents lose the house that you're living in, right? So how are you conditioned by the stimulus of money? That is the number one thing I believe people need to really figure out if they're having financial difficulties, if they haven't really figured out how to make money, um, especially from your past, you know, once you mm -hmm. find that. But if you have this kind of money is evil, I don't know if I can handle money. You know, I asked the question, why are so many people afraid of it? You know, and it goes back to that conditioned belief uh, of your environment you grew up in, the external stimuli that you've been exposed to. You know, when I went through the uh, financial situation with my company being, you know, totally taken over by crooks and being bankrupt, you don't think I had a psychological effect from money saying, hey, money is correlated to legal stuff, right? Money is correlated to this horrific situation. So, you know, I spent two years literally making no money because my mind was blocked from it. 
So I really want to encourage people to tap into what are the psychological effects that money has played in your life. That's, I think, the first thing. And once you can then define that and work through it, you realize, okay, this is now a choice if I'm going to continue believing this or if I'm going to create a new story about money and the existence in my life. So you kind of have to get rid of the, the old belief and you start a new one. Money is not bad. Money is a wonderful source. I call it spiritual substance. It is a source to do great things with. You know, right. there's a great, uh, a, it's a great story of you know, you're sitting on an airplane. It's going down. Do you put your mask on first or your kids? A lot of people want to say your kids, right? right? It's a compassionate answer. But if you die, you can't put your kids on. Is that correct? <laughs> right. So you have to feed yourself first. You have to take care of yourself first, and then you can do these wonderful things and give back to the world. And, again, for my personal passion, build a ton of no-kill animal uh, shelters all over across the, the world. That's a huge dream of mine. But I can't do that if I can't feed myself. I can't take care of myself. So the intention, the purpose, the reason you want money, all of these things play into how easily is it going to flow and attract to your life and stay in your life. Because a lot of people, they fall into it. You know, they, people win the lotto. You hear these crazy stories. They go broke. They get killed. Right. I mean, crazy things happen. So what is that energy they're carrying with them um, that's creating this kind of chaos revolving money in their life? And it's, again, a matter of figuring so many things out between your past, between your current situation, to finding the old. If it's a negative belief with money, getting rid of it. Our mind, we have a choice of how we view things. We have a choice of what our beliefs are. So right. whether you grew up with a, an overly religious background that told you money is real valuable um, and you have a relationship with, with your God that states you're supposed to be in poverty because pride and poverty. Um, people even talk about old country songs that were written, pride and poverty. I mean, you, if you want to believe that, that's a choice. No one's forcing you to, even, again, if there's some emotion connected to it because of family or religious matters. Right. So if you can kind of say, okay, I'm going to surrender this old belief because I believe now that I'm meant for more. If I want to execute my dreams and do these wonderful things for the world, well, money is just a, it's a natural component of it. We like to complicate money so much and say, oh, my God, I don't have enough, and how do I do this? But if you just let it flow, it becomes a natural component to your execution of the plan. So that's all it really becomes. If you've sat down and you've defined your definite purpose in life and you figure it out and you start working that plan, money becomes your partner. It becomes a helpful source. It doesn't become something that needs to be a stressor unless you have still have this kind of you know, relationship with money that you're saying it's a stressor. But if you start focusing on it as your partner to execute these plans, to live a great life so you can give back to whatever your dreams are philanthropically, then, again, there's no stress with that. That sounds like a wonderful plan to me, and that's the life I live. You know, I look at money as my partner now, and whether the first step is, hey, money, you're my partner because I want to get rid of these debts so I can move forward and even the scales out, and then I want to do these things. I want to build this wonderful company. I want to give back to the world. When you start harmonizing with money, the energy becomes good, and you can't get bad things when your energy is good. That's just how it is. So that's part of the universal law. It's part of a principle. But specifically relating to money, again, people are afraid of it because of how they're conditioned. So I highly encourage figuring out how and why you're conditioned 
un, unwiring the, the negative and starting a clean slate with your relationship with money. Right. And that starts uh, with, with your fifty to 60,000 daily thoughts, and there can be affirmations around that. So uh, let's uh, give the website one more time, B-U-Z-Z-S-T-I-R.com, Buzzster. Dot com. My guest is Nick Preston, amazing, amazing man at such a young age and really uh, using the universal laws in the correct form and with the correct thought. Uh, thanks so much for your time today, Nick. Uh, I'm excited for the progress of your uh, company, and I'll be paying attention uh, carefully and let me know how I can help in any way. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tom. It's been a pleasure. Have an amazing day. You too. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutall.com for details.